Hey friend, welcome back and grab your Bibles. This is Bible Tracked Echoes, by the way, and so we may quite possibly need to use our Bibles. Join me, if you would, in Deuteronomy chapter 1. We found our text verse for this week in verse number 6. Deuteronomy 1 in verse number 6. I'm going to read that for you in just a moment. Often on the program, I will ask our listeners, maybe I try once a month or so, so it feels like it's been a little while since I put this call out, but I'll ask our viewers, our listeners, to tell me where they are listening from. And I've had a few people trickle in texting the last couple of days or weeks and they said i've been listening for a long time i've heard you say or ask that question i've heard you say you should text in and tell us where you're listening from and i finally finally obeyed i finally did what you asked i finally texted in i'd ask you would you text in i'd love to know where you are I'd love to know what station or what avenue you listen to the program on. You can text me at 309-316-7240. Again, that's 309-316-7240. While you're texting me, if you have a prayer request or something that we can take to the throne room of grace for you, I'd love that. If you would text me, I'll, I get those texts directly and as often as I can, as quickly as I can, I'll be honest with you, sometimes it's 24 or more hours depending on how many texts I have to get through, but I'll do my best to respond to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for listening today. We're in Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 6. I'm going to tell you about a gospel tract at the end of the program, but not quite yet. So you stick around. Deuteronomy 1 and verse number 6, the Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. This is Moses penning down under the auspices of the Holy Spirit of God. Holy men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit, and pen was put to paper or parchment or scroll, whatever it may have been. And Moses was telling his people, by God, what God had said, you've dwelt long enough. You've been here long enough. And God continues on in verses 7, 8, 9, and continues on, go continue. You need to move away from this place. There's a different place I have for you. You've dwelt long enough. The application we made yesterday, I asked this question, have you dwelt long enough with your failures? We all have them. Mine, probably a thousand times a thousand. Many, many failures. There are folks that think that they live sinlessly, that sinless perfection is something that can be attained. Well, first of all, you don't find that in Scripture. But second of all, you only have to be honest with yourself to realize it is not just nigh impossible, it is strictly impossible. You cannot live without offending God in some even slight ways, but still offense nonetheless. We all make mistakes. Throughout our lives, we'll continue to, to until the day we die. And this is not some sort of depressing thought to put us down. No, James 4, 6 tells us, He giveth more grace. Friend, God wants to lift us up, wants to move us on and draw closer to Him. Though the fellowship can be strained at times, it should be our desire because a relationship exists to mend the fellowship as quickly as possible so that friction does not exist. That's the second thing I want to talk to you about. 
We spoke yesterday about failures and how it's time to move on from them. But what about friction? Sometimes we allow things to boil over to a point that, that they cause us friction. Sometimes it's internal friction. Sometimes it's that internal voice. And we'd be wise at times to heed that. I'm not talking about uh, listening to voices and, and trying to get in touch with the other side. I'm just talking about that conscience that God has given us. The one that tells us, you know that's wrong, right? Could be the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's just the law of God written on our heart. And oftentimes we live in direct conflict in friction with that, that law of God. But it's not just the internal friction. Sometimes it goes external. Sometimes we have problems with Christian brothers and sisters, and friend, these things ought not so to be. I think in Scripture of the children of Israel, Exodus chapter 16, verses 2 and 3, and the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger." Is that why Moses and Aaron brought them out of Egypt? No, they were brought out so that they would no longer be under slavery, that they'd no longer be in servitude to Pharaoh and his minions. But it, sometimes God's people forget the importance of unity. Now realize, friend, unity is not the goal. Oftentimes, in ecumenical-type movements, unity is trumpeted as the mission. Unity is trumpeted as the vision. The reason for assembly is for unity. Friend, may I be very blunt with you? Unity should never be the goal. Unity is a byproduct of God's people being in tune with each other. I may have used this illustration before, but I want you to think about this. You may be musical, or you may not be. But I want to share a little anecdote with you. It's true. If you take a piano, let's imagine a concert hall filled with pianos. Imagine the stage, massive stage, just absolutely filled to the brim. You can barely squeeze between them to get to the keyboard of the next grand, I'm talking grand pianos, majestic, beautiful, black, the ivory, the white, piercing white keys, the lids are open, you could hide, and you could play hide and seek in there just about. Think about it. A hundred pianos and a master tuner sits down with his tuning forks and they're precise, they're exact. Middle C is tuned on the first piano. Every note is precisely pulled and strung and tightened or loosened and made exactly where it needs to be. So it's in tune with those tuning forks. Now imagine the master tuner takes those tuning forks and puts them away, packs them up. And with the bare minimum amount of room that is there, he turns the one piano, the first piano, to face the second piano so he can sit between the two keyboards. Two grand pianos facing towards each other, the keyboards are, and he tunes the second piano to the first piano, tunes every key, 
then scoots the first piano out of the way and brings a third piano, tunes the second, or tunes the third to the second, and then on and on. The 97th is tuned to the 96th, and on and on until all 100 pianos are tuned. And then if you were to take that first piano and put it right up next to that 100th piano, the first tuned the second, the second tuned the third, and on and on. If you were to strike a chord, should be melodious, should be perfectly in pitch, right? No, friend. Actually, there would be a jarring. There would be an obviousness. The 100th piano would not be in tune with the first. You see, friend, spirituality, unity is not a game of telephone for it to be passed on to subsequent generations or even Christians inside of your local assembly. We are supposed to be tuned. That master tuner would know that you tune every piano to the same set of tuning forks. And then when a hundred concert pianists are sitting down and strike middle C together, the same note would resoundingly ring out. Friend, whether your church has 12 or 1200, we should all have the same chord of the spirit tying us together. I ask you, friend, are you in tune or is there friction? I think of Ephesians chapter four and verse number two, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. I ask you, is there friction? Is it difficult to get along with you? Is it time to move on from that? Maybe just maybe you've lived this life of being a jerk long enough. Maybe you coming home, daddy, to your home is not a peaceful thing. Not because your home is a wreck, not because there are things in arrears, not because there's issues, not because your kids are wild or your wife is frantically trying to put dinner together. Maybe it's because you, sir, need to learn that you should not be a bringer of friction. You should not be the whirlwind. You should come in on behalf of God Almighty as the leader of your home and say, peace be still. I don't mean vocally, I don't mean audibly, but I mean your presence should be not friction, but peace, lowliness, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. These are Bible commands, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Mother, do you scream at your children? Do you scream at your husband? Maybe, just maybe, we could all help each other have a little less friction. Now we understand when things are moving forward, there will be friction. When things heat up inside an engine, that's when you need the oil of the Holy Spirit to smooth things over. I'd encourage you, let's move on from not just failures like we spoke about yesterday, but let's move on from friction. Now, you need this gospel track. I'm going to tell you about it for just about 60 seconds here. It's called, I'm Keeping the Golden Rule. It takes as its text, Luke chapter 6 and verse number 30. 
one. We're not going to read it for time's sake, but you may have heard people tell you, I'm keeping the golden rule. That's why I'm going to heaven. Well, this gospel track dispels the myth that you can get to heaven by doing anything like that. Keeping the golden rule, being a good person, keeping the Ten Commandments. No, friend, they don't get you to heaven. And this gospel tract explains it. You can go to BibleTracksInc.org to order your very own copies of this. If you have questions about that, I'd love for you to reach out. You can text me at 309-316-7240. Thank you so very much for listening today. My prayer, as always, is that you have a great day for His glory. If you have a question, comment, or critique, text me, 309-316-7240. I look forward to speaking to you tomorrow. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 604 a faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.